Check. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having a seat. I appreciate it. Uh, welcome to Bethel. So glad that you're here this morning. Uh, thank you so much. We're going to change things up a little bit. You'll understand here why in a minute. But um, if you're with us for the first time this morning, I want to welcome you. This is a this is a big family. We love each other, so it's a little crazy sometimes. And if you're crazy, welcome. Thank you. Uh, we'd love for you to partner with us and join us, and we'd love to connect with you. Uh, there's a play, way to do that if you go to our website, mybethel.cc connect. Um, and then on the seat back in front of you, there's also QR codes you can, um, you can scan. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. We, uh, we would love for you to be a part of this, of this group we call Bethel Community Church. Uh, so this morning, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Um, I've got something to tell you, and uh, God's given me a message for you um, uh, yesterday on Saturday. And so we're going to continue with Galatians next week, but uh, today we're going to kind of change the pace a little bit. We're going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And uh, so I'd like to pray for us before we jump in, and then uh, we'll have a chat, all right? God, we are grateful for Jesus. God, it's because of Him that we have hope. It's because of Him that, uh, that we can trust that the battle truly does belong to you. Uh, God, thank you so much for always going before us. Thank you for always um, knowing what's best for us. And God, when we walk through valleys, you're always with us. We love you. We, we're grateful. Uh, put your hand on the service. May your spirit move. And God, would you draw people in and uh, let people know that they're loved and, and that you love them and you're walking right with them. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 55. Um, Things have kind of shifted in Christie's in my life this week, and we want to bring you in on the journey and kind of in on with us. Uh, but um, Isaiah chapter 55, this is the prophet Isaiah. And if you've read Isaiah, it's a, sometimes a complicated book to read. It's a book that has um, some difficult passages, but overwhelmingly it's a, it's a book that talks about the coming Messiah, the promise of a Savior, the promise of a king that would come and dominate and rule this world. And so uh, we get to chapter 55, and I want to read these verses to you. Verse 1 says, Is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. If you have no money, come take, of your, take your choice of wine and milk. It's all free. Why spend money, uh, your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you, that does no, does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised David. See how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know, and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. It's interesting here, the first four verse, five verses of this chapter talks about um, kind of the senses. He talks first about tasting. Um, there's something about the, the taste when you, when you get some food that you like, some good food, it just does something to it. And, and this is actually free food. I mean, who likes free food? Oh yeah, I like free food. What about free tacos? Oh yeah, free tacos, even better. Free food's always good. And, and, and God himself says, are you thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you don't have any money, it's okay. This is free. There's no charge. Come. He says, so um, come to the Father. He's generous, and he gives incredible refreshment freely. Refreshment freely. And he says, listen and find life there in verse 3. So open your ears. And then he says, in verse 4 and 5 is interesting, but he's talking about power, and he's talking about displaying power. And it's kind of a foreshadow of the Messiah, of Jesus coming. He's like, you know, the, the sovereignty of Jesus to rule the world is coming. And he's been giving authority, given authority over everything. As you can tell, I went old school um, 
my uh, tablet sometimes fails me during the service. You guys may not know that. Um, I try to keep it together because I know what I'm going to say, but this doesn't fail unless my eyes do, so that's why I'm old school, all right? Um, so these three things, the, the senses is taste, listen, and see. Taste that he satisfies, listen because he gives life, and see how powerful he really is. Verse 6, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to God that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. We see in these two verses the incredible mercy and love and generosity and forgiveness from God. He says, just seek him while he's, while he's near. You, you can find him. Verse 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. He's over absolutely everything. There's nothing out of his purview. There's nothing out of his control. There's nothing that he doesn't know. And even when I don't know or don't understand, he knows everything. And sometimes the things he knows makes me mad. Verse 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to, the water, to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and breed, bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. It, I will send it out and it will always produce fruit. It will always accomplish, sorry, it will accomplish all that I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Where once there were thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name, and they will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. <laughs> he's opening the door to an invitation, and he's saying, hey, there's this adventure, and there's this there's this life that I want to give you, and if you'll just come, you'll experience the incredible joys and the incredible flourishing of life. And he wants to give you the adventure of your life, and he wants you to come to him and trust him to get them. Over the past several months, God has been taking me down this path, and uh, it's hard to explain because my life has been pretty well, in my own mind, I thought, pretty well uh, ordained and thought out and I usually think things through, make some plans, and then head down the, head down the path. Um, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I like to start things. I like to start things, build them up, and turn them over. In my case, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur. I've started churches. Um, I've started ministries. I've started um, uh, organizations. It's just what I love to do. It's what God's gifted me to do. And so over the past few months, I've had this, uh, I've had this draw from God to pray something different. Um, everywhere I've gone, I've only stayed there four or five years. I've never stayed longer than four or five years. That's kind of the life of an entrepreneur is like, uh, start something, turn it over, go on to the next thing. And uh, January of this past year, 2021, I was like, oh, I've been here five years. I've been the bath pastor of Bethel for five years. What in the world? And so I began praying a prayer January 1 of 2021. I said, hey, God, would you let me stay at Bethel? Would you let me pastor Bethel? Would you let me continue at Bethel? And so all year I've been praying this prayer that God would let me stay and, and see it out, see it through, something that I've never done. I've never, I've never stayed at a church longer than four years, so um, this is the longest church I've ever pastored. 
January 1, 2022, marks six years at Bethel. My prayer is that he'll give me, I mean, the rest of my life, I don't know, as many as he'll give me. So I've been praying this prayer, God, let me stay, let me pastor Bethel, let me pastor Bethel, let me stay at Bethel. And so in, in September, I was coming home from, from um, Edmond, I was on the turnpike, and I was praying again, it popped in my head, I prayed it again, God, let me pastor, let me stay at Bethel. And as clear as day, I don't know how he said it, I don't know how, I don't know how God does these things, but it was like, if you want to pastor Bethel, be the pastor. And I was like, huh? And so I pulled over on the turnpike, put my flashers on, and I was like, all right, God, one more time. I, I want to pastor Bethel. What are you saying to me? And he goes, if you want to pastor Bethel, be the pastor. It's kind of like, hey, stupid, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you do this if you'll, just, if you'll just say yes and do it. And so I, along with this thought, came a list of all the things that I'm involved in, all the things that I do. Um, because I like to start things, it's hard for me to sit still. And so over the past five, six years, I love this community. God has brought us to UConn um, miraculously, and, and I love this community. Um, I've been able to be the chair of Compassionate Hands for three, the past three years. Um, I've, uh, Compassionate Hands is a local ministry that serves people that are kind of in need, um, kind of through temporary crisis. I've also been encouraged to um, walk alongside some, some officers, police officers here in our community. So I started a ministry last year to see that every police officer in Yukon would have its own, have their own pastor. Um, I can't do it on my own, but I, I, I wanted to. As I began meeting with the chiefs and the majors, and of course, I have a really good relationship with my friend, uh, Matt, that comes to the church every other week, and got to marry him over the, uh, the pandemic. And, and anyway, the doors have opened, and so I went into the PD last year and kind of walked through, um, seeing if I could set up something with the pastors, and doors wide open. And uh, so starting last October, we... Um, me, along with 16 other Yukon pastors, I invited them into the process, and we now every week go and are pastoring the, the Yukon PD. So, so there's another thing that I'm involved in, and then um, I have the privilege of coaching pastors as well. God has given me an opportunity to make connections. I know people all over the place, and, and God allows me to, um, has allowed me to partner with my friend Ross Hill. Some of you know him. Um, we started an organization called Tall Oaks Coaching, and we coach pastors for free. One of the questions we've always asked ourselves is, who coaches the pastor? Who, who pastors the pastor? The pastor is, a, is sometimes a lonely job, and, and who walks with the pastor? And so I've had the privilege for uh, two years now to walk with pastors, and uh, I've been coaching pastors as well. Uh, Christy also has jumped on board, and she coaches pastors' wives. She coaches a few pastors that are female, uh, and she's, it's been a joy. The last two years has been awesome. Um, so, when I said, God, let me pastor Bethel, he opened the door, and then he said, hey, what about this? And so, from September on, I began talking with uh, Pastor Reuben, began talking with my coach, I began talking with um, some people that are close to me, and I said, hey, um, I really think I'm supposed to drop everything in Pastor Bethel. And uh, some of them were mad, some of them were okay, and I began just kind of transitioning some things in my life. And uh, my goal was by December 31st to transition everything and focus on, on Bethel. And thank goodness that happened, and, and a lot of my responsibilities are kind of passed on and in capable hands, and, and my schedule has been clear. Well, December came around, and my, I didn't have a clear direction yet. I still kind of didn't know what we were doing. And so I, I talked to Pastor Ruben. I said, hey, I'm going to fast 1st of January, and I'm going to fast for seven days, and I'm going to ask God three things. There's three, three questions I'm going to ask him. Uh, number one, I want wisdom. Uh, I need wisdom. Number two, uh, direction for 2022. What's, what's my life going to do in 2022? And then three, what do we do with a growing church? I need you to understand something about Bethel. Bethel's a special place. Don't know if you know that. 
Um, those of you that have, been calm, have come, and those of you that are new, those of you come, those of you that are lifers have been here forever, longer than I have. Uh, Bethel's a unique place that God um, allows people to come and bond together as family, and we love each other, walk with each other, find Jesus, love and, love and lead. And so um, this church, most of you don't know because you come to one of the services, this church is busting at the seams, and we don't have room for everybody, and it's stressful. And so um, we want direction. What do we do? And so um, that's what we were praying. So Pastor Ruben and I started first of the year praying, fasting, and then my life got turned upside down on, on Monday, um, right, after, right after the new year. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. And that has been the mission of Christie's in my life is, God, we're going to seek your will. We're going to look for your heart, and we're going to ask you what, we wanted, what we're supposed to do. And that's what we've been about. So starting in fasting, uh, I actually got some clarity, uh, the clearest message I could have gotten uh, from God this week, and wisdom for the journey. I want to tell you a story, and this is my story. In February of 1997, I met this girl. She was sarcastic, full of life, hilarious, beautiful, spunky, and so on mission. She told me that her favorite verse in scripture and a constant reminder was Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And she would quote it to me often as we were dating. I didn't fully comprehend the depth of these verses and the life that she would live, but I finally convinced her to go out with me. I was stubborn. She would say, she said no, but I kept bugging her. I was determined to marry her. From the first time I laid eyes on her, I just determined that I was going to marry this girl. So before the year was up, 1997, December, I made her my bride. Over the years, we fought like cats and dogs. We loved like crazy. We've had an incredible adventure together, and we've laughed, and we've wept, and we've fought, and we've grown, and we've suffered, and we've endured, and we've bonded over these past 25 years in an incredible way together. She's amazing. I couldn't give her babies because of a cancer that I had when I was a teenager, Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma. And she loves me anyway. I couldn't give her riches. She loves me anyway. I pulled her away from her family to chase after God, and she loves me anyway. I brought her back to her family, and she loves me anyway. I've disappointed her, I've let her down, I've broke her heart, I've made her sad, and she loves me anyway. She is my lover, she is my friend, she's my partner, she's my confidant, she's my bride, she's my mate. In 2002, I took her on an adventure that was so hard. She left her comfort, her family, her friends, her security, her country. She learned a new language, a new culture, a new diet. And she loved every minute of it. That's what her life was about. She thrived. We started a ministry together, and we saw God work so incredibly, redeeming person after person, our neighbors and our friends and their families, and it was amazing. She endured incredible disappointments after disappointment with one failed adoption after another. We lost count after 36. But one day she fell in love with a little girl from the jungles of Panama 
who calls her mama. And then a little boy came along from the Hoosier country that calls her mom. She's transitioned through all change, adventure, heartache, just like a warrior. And she has joined me on all of life's adventures with wit, wisdom, and laughter. She is so funny. You guys know this. She does get stressed, though. I think she was born with stress. I'm not sure what happened at her birth, but there's this picture at her, her house, her mom and dad's house. <laughs> She's one stressed baby. In 2015, she joined me to relocate to Yukon, Oklahoma, of all places. She was willing to go anywhere in the world, and we actually tried. We looked. But I brought her to Yukon, Oklahoma, a town where she grew up in, and our adventure continued. Over the past six years, she's homeschooled, she's mothered, she's worked, she's served, she's loved, she's really outdone in every expectation. She found a passion in speaking. Um, in Costa Rica, it was hard because her, the language, she took her a while to learn Spanish, and then we were there for 14 years, and it's just a struggle to communicate. So everybody thought she was shy, and I was like, <laughs> you don't know who Christy is. And, uh, but she has a passion for speaking, and she's incredible. With a little bit of encouragement, she became the joy and the spark of Bethel. Every time she steps on stage, the world fades away, and she dominates attention. Maybe that's just me, but that's what I see. And she's funny. She speaks on the fly. She puts up with my sermon illustrations and my loving jabs at her week to week. Uh, she's been a true mate. She's a faithful partner and co-laborer, and she loves deeply. She fights passionately, and she consistently steps up to do it over and over again. Well, this past week, uh, there's a new adventure for her. We're on a new path. A new enemy has shown its ugly head. A new war has called her out. Death has put its sights on her. Seemingly overnight, her health, her health has failed. Her pain has increased. And her fight has already started. You know she hasn't been in church for a while. She's been suffering. And enough's enough. I, last Sunday, I said, Christy, we've got to do something. This is not going to happen. So on Monday, I took her to urgent care, and they uh, did all the tests they do, and really it was the first step. They sent her to, they've got some labs, and they sent her to get some scans the next day and stuff like that. But we got home that night, and she had a fever, and I was like, uh-uh. And so Tuesday morning, I got her ready. She didn't want to go. Uh, she's really weak. And uh, I got her ready and got her dressed. And she said, I don't have my hair combed. I said, who cares? And threw her in the car and drove her to the emergency room. And, man, there's so many sick people nowadays in the emergency room. It's crazy. We sat there. And, and, and if you know Christy, she's got to have a joke. and a, She's like a cross, and I don't know what the deal is. But she's sitting there in the emergency room, and the people think she's not sick because she's just smiling and laughing. And I'm like, Christy, you have to say you're sick. Talked to the admittance, and we're sitting there waiting, and we have a dear friend that's the, uh, that is the, uh, what is she, she's the uh, hospital supervisor, I think, house supervisor. She saw her name on the list and came out and found us, and, and we uh, talked with her, and she's been an encouragement these last few days. Anyway, um, 
on Monday, uh, I'm sorry, on, on Tuesday, they uh, did a CAT scan of her abdomen because that's where all the pain is, it's in her back and abdomen. And uh, they, they found a massive mass just taking over uh, her organs and uh, her, her midsection. So um, Wednesday, we met with an oncologist. Um, Thursday, we had a um, meeting with a um, guy, a surgeon. Uh, he's a colon, colon surgeon. Um, had a colonoscopy scheduled Friday morning. We went in for the colonoscopy. She had to do all those nasty liquids and try to get ready for it and being sick the whole time and in major pain. And we got there Friday morning and, and the doctor, the, the anesthesiologist said, this is a sick girl. And he was, he was almost unwilling to do the colonoscopy because it just wasn't good. So it, they finally got her vital signs right and they, they did the colonoscopy when she came out. Um, she really just wasn't able to breathe very well. Um, she just was not doing well. So they admitted her into the hospital, which I'm thankful for. Um, they opened a room. That's a miracle if you know what's going on in the hospitals today, but they opened a room for her and uh, they started doing tests. Her, they did a chest X-ray down there uh, when she did the colonoscopy because her breathing, her oxygen level was just plummeting. And so they found that her, her lungs were full of liquid. Um, so they took her immediately to get drained and they drained a liter of liquid out of her, her left lung. Um, so we don't really know what's going on. Um, we're assuming it's cancer, uh, most likely. Um, they are testing the, the, the sample, the biopsy they took. They are managing her pain. Um, her pain's incredible, she's, a, she's strong. Uh, it's amazing how strong she is, but she's uh, managing her pain. Her lymph nodes are affected all over her body, and so most likely it's cancer of some sort. Um, we wanna invite you on this journey. Uh, here's the thing about our church, we're family and we're not gonna be private or walk away or hide or anything. We, we invite you in. Um, we've set up a website. <laughs> 10 years ago, I did something stupid. I just went out and started buying websites. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm gonna buy ChristyRoten.com. She's gonna be a speaker, an author. She's gonna be famous and let's get this website. And uh, so yesterday I launched it for the first time in 10 years. And, and uh, actually it's a Christy's War. Uh, she has a battle, we want you to join us. We'll, we'll try to keep you updated there. Um, you gotta understand our humanity though. Um, we're humans just like you and <laughs> some days are bad, some days are good. Sometimes we're mad. We might be mean, we don't mean to. I didn't tell the first service this, but she's named her, she's named her mass, um, uh, a female and a male. I won't give you their names because that's kind of her thing, but um, she goes, the, the boy's a jerk and the girl's mean. And so anyway, um, we are laughing together. I'll just tell you that. Um, through it all, she's kept her humor and her spunk and we're laughing. But um, we're not going to be private. We'll open our lives to you. So we invite you to, to go to this website and there's too many people to text. You gotta understand this. We know thousands of people. There's too many people that are in our lives. And so we, we just can't respond to everything. We can't keep everybody informed. And so we're gonna keep this website updated as best we can with our progress. Um, we may act poorly, but I just ask you to pray for Christy. She needs, she needs God. She needs him to show up in a miracle and she needs him to be there for her. And so if you will, please, 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 please. If you've never prayed before, please start. Um, pray for her. If you pray for my kids too. Um, they're at home right now. And uh, it's tough tough on kids with their mom. And then pray for me, uh, for wisdom, continued wisdom and, and strength. Um, you can text us. If you have our number, please text us. We may not respond. Uh, don't take it personal. We just are going to be overwhelmed. Um, we have thousands of people that are reaching out. If you've ever been over to Mercy Hospital, there's a, there's a weird experience there as you um, sit waiting. Um, 
every once in a while there'll be this lullaby that plays over the speakers. And it's a nursery rhyme, it's a nursery lullaby, I won't, <laughs> I won't give you the rhyme, I won't, I won't hum it because it'll sound out bad, but it's the go to sleep lullaby. And it's an indicator that there's a baby that's born right there in that moment. And this week we've uh, experienced baby after baby after baby after baby being born at times twins where there's a lullaby, pause, lullaby. Last week they said there was triplets. It's just a, an amazing experience to be in a place full of suffering and yet a place full of joy in life. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, full circle of life. As I was thinking about these babies, as I was listening, we kind of we have a tally. We, uh, we're sitting there together and Christy's hooked up to stuff and getting her treatments and all that and that lullaby will play and she'll raise her hand up with a number, whatever the number is for the day. And uh, we're like, new life, new life. It's amazing and it's something to celebrate that in the midst of suffering there could be so much rejoice, rejoicing. So here's what God has shown me, and this is what he showed me this week during my, I didn't tell you guys that I've been fasting this whole week, I think maybe I did. I've been fasting this week, and terrible week to fast, but um, God saw fit for this, and trying to get direction for our life, and this is what God's showing me. I broke my fast on Friday, Pastor Ruben and I spoke, and God gave him incredible clarity, gave me incredible clarity, and so on Friday we, we broke our fast, but uh, this, is the, this is what God is, is showing me. First he says, trust. This is not Christian cliche and God's got it, and it's not that. There's a, there's a difference between God's got it and then taking a step forward. And, and what, what God is showing me is trust. Who, who else can I trust? Who else can I count on? I can't. I can't, can't count on anybody else. Um, who else could we trust but God? He's the creator. He's the author. He's the sustainer. He's the giver. He's the, he's the taker. He, he is everything. And, and so trust is simply trust. The second thing that God is showing me is humility. One of the, one of the biggest questions that we ask is, why me? That's, that's kind of like what normal questions, why me? Well, years ago, um, some of you know, I had cancer uh, when I was 14. And uh, the question we asked ourselves, my family, myself, is why not us? Why not? With all the suffering around the world, why not us? If God sees fit to choose us and, and use us, why not? And so Christy and I for 20 years have been saying, why not? Everywhere we've gone, why not? And once again, we'll say, why not me? He's in charge. He can do anything he wants. And we've accepted the challenge. And we're going to be humble. And the last thing is Submission. Instead of anger, we're going to submit. Now, we've been mad. We've been mad. We've cried. But instead of anger, we're going to submit. We're going to joyfully submit. If God thinks we're worthy of this suffering for this time, and he's called us into this war, then we accept. But here's the one thing we will not do. We will not go without Jesus. We will not take a step if he doesn't step with us. We will not trust in anyone else except him. One of the fabulous things about being in this family, in my, my personal blood family, and then also my church family is that uh, God has given our, our family incredible talent. 
Um, if you have been around us, um, you've experienced the craziness of the Crossan family, the Bradford family, the Roten family, the Hodges family, the, um, who else am I missing? It's, you've, you've experienced our craziness. We are crazy. We're crazy enough that we actually built houses together on the same piece of property. That's crazy. And we still love each other. And so when this uh, news has been coming out really fast, uh, we've included our family from, from the beginning. And on Wednesday, we, we spoke with our, our parents, and we spoke with our uh, Christy's parents, Jim and Linda, and we spoke with our family, our sisters, and we, we just started talking, hey, we need prayer, we need prayer, we need prayer, and we need you. My niece, Kaylin, if you don't know her, she's a worship pastor in Texas, and uh, she, we, we called her, and we gave her the news, and she um, has an incredible gift of music, and, and she, on Wednesday, wrote a song. And I wanted to share it with you because it's been so encouraging to me this week, and I pray that it'll be encouraging to you, but um, this song is all about Jesus. Uh, Kaylin, why don't you come? Thank you, Kaylin. We've committed to not moving without Jesus. Um, if you've read scripture at all, the book of Exodus is an um, incredible look at the way God rescues people. Um, Moses was a, a man, a human, that God called to do an incredible task. He was called to liberate and free two million people, over two million people from slavery. And these were difficult people to, to free. And Moses was there, and he managed to get these two million people off out of Egypt, into the road, into the desert, the wilderness. They heard from God. And then God sent him on this mission ahead, and, and it was a, a massive mission to go into the promised land. And Moses said these words in Exodus thirty-three fifteen. He said, if you don't personally go with us, don't make us leave this place. Powerful words. W Moses could have easily said, oh, I've done all this, I can do this. But no, he said, don't make me leave here if you're not going to go with me personally. Moses did not want to walk alone, and Christy and I do not want to either. The very next thing that Moses said, though, if you look in the scripture, says, show me your presence. <laughs> Moses, crazy enough, he asked God to show him himself. And if you read the rest there, he actually showed him his flowing uh, robes because God is too powerful to look upon. And yet, we're asking the same thing. God, don't make us go if you don't go with us. Show us your presence, and we humbly and we trustingly submit. Now, here's what I know is true. In a, in a room this size, with people with so many different experiences in life, I know there is suffering here in this room. Uh, we, could, we could highlight Christy, and it's appropriate right now, but I also know that God has brought you here this afternoon, this morning, and, and I know for a fact some of you are going through some incredibly difficult things that you're just keeping to yourself. Maybe just your family knows. And so I want to I pray for you, and I want to pray for Christy, but if you are suffering right now, please, we, we want to walk with you. And, and I'd love to bring you before God right now. I'd love to, to take you into his presence, and I'd like him to do what he does. 
And so if, if you're here today and it's any kind of suffering, it could be physical, it could be your health, it could be your, your, your mental health, it could be your financial health, I don't, I don't know what it is, maybe your relationships, it could be anything. And if you're suffering right now and it's difficult, I, I just want to pray for you. Would you just kind of show me your hand and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I see your hand over there. I see your hand right here, right there. I see it. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. Yes? 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 Mm -hmm. Let me pray for you. I see your hand back there. God, you're God and we are not. In the midst of all our suffering, in the midst of all our uncertainty and insecurity, God, you have promised that you'll be there. I mean, it's explained that we're not going to understand everything, and, and we get that, but God, we need your presence. God, you saw the hands, you know the situations. Even if someone didn't raise their hand, God, you know exactly what's going on. And my, my prayer this morning is that this would be all about you. We do trust you. But we need you to go with us. We're confident that you're in control even when things seem so out of control. God, the hands that were raised and the people's lives that are affected as they're suffering through uh, illness and through insecurity and maybe a faith crisis and God, through emotional and mental and just, just suffering, God, I pray that your spirit would just do the work that only he can do, that the peace would be so far beyond comprehension that, God, you would invade the situation. God, I'm praying for, for Christy right now. We need you to heal her. God, we need you to touch her. I am so thankful, God, that you have seen fit to have us in this place and that there are such well-prepared and capable doctors and nurses and staff. Medicine, God, it's a miracle. We pray for her. God, that she would be comforted, that we would find the right answers. And God, whatever the road ahead, we accept. I'm so grateful for this church, God. I'm so grateful for this family, my friends, those who have come to support. Jesus, we love you. We won't go through this without you. There's a story in Scripture about some ancient heroes, and, and we tell our kids this story to encourage them that God can do anything and he's in control. And, and we want to echo their story with our lives. Um, if you've read Scripture, been in Sunday school, been in church ever, there's... It's the one the Sunday school teachers love to talk about. And it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they are being tossed in this fire. And uh, it's fascinating. You look at it, and all they had to do was just bow their knee. All they had to do was bend their knee. It was no big deal. Just bend your knee. Before this bronze statue, before the, another god. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not going to do it. So they were drugged before the king, and he gave them one more chance. 
And they said, no matter what you do, we will never forsake our God. And then they said this powerful saying. We said, they said three things, incredibly powerful. They said, we know our God will rescue us. Then they said, we know our God can rescue us. And then they said, even if he doesn't, we still believe. And that's our story. Praise the Lord that we, um, we have a God who makes promises and doesn't break those promises. Uh, and that we can cling to those promises in a, in a moment like this. Even when um, tragedy strikes, even when uh, a situation seems hopeless, we serve a God who continues to provide hope. Uh, in the midst of those seasons where it seems uh, hopeless. And I know that there were uh, many of you who raised your hand uh, even today that are going through some things. And one of the things in talking with Pastor Ray this week and through this process, um, one of the things that he didn't want to get lost in the process of, of, of praying for Christy and understanding this, the real struggle that she's going through and their family's walking through right now is to, to not lose the fact that we recognize that um, that as a church family, there's, there's struggles all over the place. There's, there's difficulty, and this has been a challenging uh, season and years, a couple of years to navigate. And so we recognize that. And so we want to come alongside you and partner in prayer with you uh, as well. But I just want to take the next couple moments. Um, uh, you, you probably won't see Pastor Ray again uh, this morning. Uh, he's gone back to the hospital to, uh, to be with his wife. Um, and so the doctors have given him some pretty clear directives as far as interaction with people and uh, just with uh, some of the health challenges that, that are uh, in our world today. And so um, not out of... Um, he, he wishes that he could just embrace every single one of you and, and, and hug on you and love you and uh, allow you to do that, to the, do the same back for him. Um, but at this time... He's gone back to the hospital, and so um, if you don't see him again this morning, that's why. It's not because he doesn't want to be around. It's not because he doesn't want to receive love or care or, or text or communication. It's because um, there's some very clear directive that, that he's received from the hospital um, as, as Christy's receiving her care. And so I just want to take the next couple moments. Maybe you can gather in um, your family group right where you are, even if you just want to sit by yourself for the next couple moments. And I just want to lift uh, the Roten family up in our prayers, and maybe you're you're one of the ones who raised your hand this morning who are going through a financial struggle or maybe a personal struggle or a health struggle, whatever the case may be. And maybe you gather with your family and just uh, what a privilege it is that we have uh, the, the, the ability and the freedom to go before the Father and to take our request to Him. And to know that he hears us. Uh, Hebrews tells us that he's our great high priest who is interceding on our behalf, that we now have a direct access to the Father because of what Jesus has done on our behalf. And so uh, let's spend the next couple of moments uh, lifting the Roten family up in, in our prayers uh, and then uh, maybe spending a few moments praying for the situations that you, you and your family are going through as well.
God, this morning, um, we are declaring that we trust you. Um, there's a lot of things that we experience maybe in this life that are hard and, uh, and painful, and a, a lot of them are out of our control. And they're really the only thing that we can do um, in this moment and even just as we navigate this season together uh, is to trust you and to trust that you are, are still good. And you are a God who, who sees Christy. You are a God who sees Ray. You are a God who sees each and every person that is sitting in this room right now and you see them. And God, as I was, I was reading this week that um, and reminded that we are precious to you. So God, I pray that as we leave this place today that we would, our hearts and our minds would be filled with the truth that you love us. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom as a church and as a family to, to know when to speak and when to be quiet. That you would help us to know when to sit and just be present and when to move, when to take action. Lord, I pray that you would just guide and direct our thoughts this week and in the weeks to come and in the months to come as we as we engage in battle together to the things that are, are going on, not only in our community, but in our church family that you have blessed us with, God. And I pray that above all else, that we would continue the mission of pointing one another to find and follow you. Lord, we love you and we trust you in all things and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, one of the things that Pastor Ray shared with you was that we uh, started the year off uh, fasting and praying and, and I was reminded as he was speaking of the passage about Moses that they were getting ready to go into the promised land and um, they were on this journey together and uh, leaving, uh, you know, Egypt and freed from slavery and all that stuff. And Moses said, unless you personally go, don't let us go. Um, and one of the three prayer points that we uh, set out the year to pray for is that, uh, God, what do we do with a growing church? Um, because both uh, Pastor Ray and I are, I mean, we're human and we're terrified to go somewhere where God is not. And so we pray specifically because we do not wanna lead a church down a path, down a road where God is not there, where Jesus would not have us to go. And so we're asking that you would partner in prayer with us as well, that as our church continues to grow, as we continue to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus and if we're a light in this community that the places that we go, the things that we experience would only be as a result of where Jesus has led us and has gone before us. And that we would not find ourselves in a situation years from now or even later this year operating and doing things under our own power and our own strength because we think we have it figured out but that we would always rely on the Holy Spirit, that we would rely on Jesus to guide and to direct us and to show us where we should go and what we should do every step of the way because we don't wanna be anywhere that Jesus is not. 
And I want you guys to know that this is a unique place. This is a unique opportunity in this, this time in history for you and your lives and, and, and me and mine and my family and Pastor Ray's and all of us that we get to experience a church family that's not, a, that's not some sort of circus or performance or an act that we have to continue performing over and over again. But this is actually a family where we can come together and lock arms and to hold hands and actually walk through life together. The church is not something where you uh, come and attend. The church is something that you are a part of. And so I'm so thankful to be a part of a church family that is actually true to the mission to, to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. We love you guys, and we're so thankful for you. We're thankful to walk through this season with you. Um, and if you are unaware, or maybe you know and you just have forgotten about it, but on our website, there is a, there's a, a one of the main cards. is It just says, needs prayer, has a question mark. And if you click on that or go to mybethel.cc forward slash prayer, um, we want to partner with you in prayer as well. We know that there's challenges all around us. We know that there's struggles and, and all this, uh, all the things that, that you guys face on a daily basis as well. And we want to partner with you and surround you in love and prayer, just as you will uh, be diligent to surround us in love and prayer as we navigate this season uh, together. So we love you and uh, we thank you and let us know how we can partner with you um, this week. And uh, we hope that you have a great week and uh, we hope that you never forget that we truly do exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. We hope you have a great week.